Hello and welcome to another episode of K-Botak, the podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas. The simulation has begun, my eyes are open, and activity is increasing around the podcasting area of my brain. Today I've got a review on the new Yon Sang-ho film, Jungi. Jungi, stylized Jung underscore E, is a brand new sci-fi action film written and directed by Yon Sang-ho, best known, of course, for the modern-day classic zombie film Train to Busan. This follows his recent series Hellbound and uh, his other follow-up films uh, Peninsula, which was a sequel to Train to Busan, and Psychokinesis, which was a superhero film. This stars Kang Soo-yeon and Kim Hyun-joon, as well as Ryu Kyung-soo. Kang Soo-yeon actually passed away shortly after filming Wrapped for this film. I wasn't super familiar with this actress, but uh, she was famous and beloved for a long time. And it's very sad to see that she actually passed away at the age of 55. Knowing that added uh, a little bit of melancholy to watching this, especially as she plays quite a sad character and does a brilliant job playing that character as well so very very sad that she's uh, passed away at such a young age and, and had a cardiac arrest. The film was dedicated to her as a result. Jungi itself uh, comes uh, right at the start of the year and I've actually been looking forward to it since Hellbound because uh, this reunites Yeon Sang-ho um, with Kim Hyun-joo. It's another project they're doing together and they started kind of talking about this and marketing the fact that they were doing it as Hellbound was coming out back in 2021. I thought that was fantastic. Maybe my favorite thing he's done, depending when you'd ask me, it's it's as good as Train to Busan, if not better. And so, uh, yeah, I was waiting for this uh, all of last year. It's finally out. And what we've got uh, now is this punchy B-movie with some great special effects that, at the end of the day, bites off more emotional theming than it wants to chew but i thought was absolutely entertaining nonetheless some of the um sort of reference points i noticed watching this were films like terminator in fact the opening shot the way it pans across this uh, ruined landscape with uh, deactivated robots and androids lying around uh, is really torn straight from terminator 2 blade runner uh, with questions around transhumanism and androids, replicants as they're called in uh, in those movies. Uh, and also iRobot. In fact, there's some big set pieces towards the end of this movie 
that to me read as huge homages almost to the iRobot movie starring Will Smith, which happens to be one of my favourite movies ever. The movie also reminded me strongly of the Deus Ex series of games, possibly because I'm playing one of those at the moment, um, but it definitely has that uh, atmosphere, quite a, a cold and calculating future where transhumanism is uh, a huge issue and um, people who are uh, basically partly prosthetic uh, or augmented to use the language of that, that game are basically being eyed up for use by the military by governments by private corporations um, and it reminded me also of citizen sleeper which was um, an acclaimed uh, narrative game that came out last year uh, which I'll mention again later. Like uh, Shobok, which was a, a recent sci-fi movie from South Korea I loved, um, starring Yon Sang-ho alumni uh, Kong Yu, it mixes up action and drama, uh, but I think this has much better action and worse drama. Um, it does also have a lot more action than Shobok as, as well, which was um, uh, a little bit more of a meditative piece uh, that had a big set piece at the end. I think this has quite easily the best effects from Yon Sang-ho yet. Um, the Train to Busan movies, um, the first one and Peninsula, were really more about um, more about the, the zombies, which is often done with makeup, prosthetics, and, and then uh, CGI will kind of build upon what is already there. But for entire like CGI creations, um, like you see in a lot of Hollywood movies, making a monster a robot a creature um i thought hellbound was a bit hit and miss i liked the the look of those smoky um kind of slightly rocky great big gray monsters that were dropping out of heaven um and uh, chasing people around and punching them into the pavement in that series it's a very weird series if you haven't seen it but it's amazing um but uh, you, you could you could very much see that they were CGI. Here, the robots and androids that are running around fighting uh, Kim Hyun-ju and the other characters, I think they look pretty great. And all of the um, uh, all of the big action sequences look fantastic, as good as anything um, that you'd see in uh, in a Hollywood film. I thought it made me think of Warriors of Future a recent Hong Kong film uh, that's quite similar to this. It's another dystopian action film. It's in the future. Humanity has basically all but destroyed the earth, etc., etc. Um, so almost the same kind of setting. And that was Andy Lau and a bunch of other Hong Kong actors where they're fighting off aliens and uh, kind of going around in these big mech suits. That also had really amazing effects. The movie itself I thought was just okay. Um, but uh, the effects were tremendous. And this makes quite a nice companion piece to that. It's nice to see um, really top tier effects in Korean movies and Hong Kong movies recently. And there's another Wandering Earth film coming out from China soon as well. So quite well served for uh, Asian kind of epic sci-fi and, and space sagas at the moment. One of the things I thought was clever with the economy of special effects and CGI in this was to take this one big slick set piece, like the opening, it's the opening 10 minutes of the movie, basically, which are this uh, incredibly exciting running battle as Kim Hyun-ju's character um, is fighting off all of these different robots. She's uh, running and sliding and she's using um, various methods to take them down. 
and really if you even if you don't want to watch the whole movie i think just the first 10 minutes are worth watching because it's um it's sublime stuff but they basically built up that one big huge action set piece and then they keep re revisiting it throughout because the premise of the movie is that she is in this simulation that they're running over and over again so they're able to kind of come back to this and presumably use some of the work that they've already done um, rather than having to make lots of different um, effects-based action films so decisions like that are always uh, very clever i think and, and quite satisfying to see on screen when it's like oh this is how they afforded this this is uh the third major project that yon sung ho has had with netflix following uh, hellbound which i've mentioned which was amazing and psychokinesis uh, which i thought like this was um, a movie with lots of really clever ideas lots of good characters um, that um, felt a little bit like it it ran out of steam in places or maybe didn't quite know where it wanted to go with certain threads um yon sang ho i notice uh has a lot of ideas he's almost kind of bubbling over with different things that he wants to do and themes he wants to tackle and uh he has so many things to say about inequality and capitalism and uh, corporations and greed and humanity and things like that and of, often a lot of them start um uh start coming into his films as uh, as you're seeing them unfold in front of you and he's and he's hitting quite a few of these marks but um he doesn't always get time to tell a really complete story like the gong yu character in train to busan where he goes from this greedy um i don't know what he is a fund manager or something at the start who's um kind of losing his connection with his daughter to at the end he's he's redeemed himself and it's this amazing arc and th there he kept it quite personal um he he nearly does it here there is a personal story in this but um i don't think it's as successful so what is it about kim hyunju plays uh basically this this amazing legendary soldier who 35 years ago um has fallen in battle and they're trying to bring her back in the form of a brain scan that her brain data is being scanned onto androids that take on her physical appearance and, and are being tested in battle uh, the wars going on are because humanity has had to vacate earth and move into these huge sort of ringed shelters a bit like that movie elysium um, orbiting the earth but three of these uh, shelters kind of um seceded uh from the others and started a, a big kind of um conflict uh in the the orbital area of earth called the adrian war and uh kim hyunju was known as the korean mercenary she was kind of the uh on the front line um fighting these battles she was doing so because her daughter was um had, had a, a cancer in her lungs and she was trying to afford the surgery and the daughter now is the Kang Seon character who all these years later is kind of obsessed with trying to again it's almost like a redemption arc kind of bring her mother back to the point of that fatal battle where she fell and see how she can be improved and she can overcome it and she can still be the hero um, of the Adrian War because the military and the government are relying on her being brought back uh, to win win the war there's um an emotional subplot to this where Kang Siyun, the daughter 
uh, character feels that maybe because her mother had to do this to afford her surgery, um, that uh, she was a burden for her mother or something like this. And so it's almost like she's dedicated her life to uh, trying to rehabilitate um, the mother's image um, and to kind of clean up her reputation as a, as a military figure. I don't think it's quite uh, perfect uh, as an emotional stakes. Um, I think what brings it to life is Kang Soon's performance. She's very reserved, very thoughtful. Um, I thought that she was very vulnerable throughout this because what she's doing is so personal and she's she really sells you on the idea that she's dedicating her life to her mother who put herself into these battles uh, for the sake of her daughter. Um, the mother actually wasn't killed in battle um, but has been in a coma ever since and so that's the rub the the mother is is still there but is unresponsive um, which is quite bleak another bleak thing is that in this world uh, there is kind of a a freemium prosthetic immortality that everybody is buying into so I mentioned this game Citizen Sleeper um, which, uh, you know, if you're more into movies than, than games, you won't know about it. But basically, it's about people whose consciousness is put into a um, sort of plastic body. Uh, and the body is then sent out to do various jobs for different companies. In Jungi, basically, if you're rich, you can transfer your brain to a prosthetic body. It costs loads and loads of money. Uh, and you get human rights. Uh, so you basically continue on as a, as a human. You're sort of immortal. If you can't pay that much, you can do the transfer, but then your brain data is visible to the government, um, so it's not private. Or there is the free option, uh, what's called Type 3, where you can't afford anything, which is obviously a lot of people in a post-global, uh, now orbital society uh, that has destroyed the Earth, where a lot of people are just struggling to get by. Um, your brain data is completely public, and companies are free to make copies of you for any purpose. Um, so you could, there could be a version of me that was recreated for any reason by any company, which is obviously a deeply unsettling, terrifying, terrifying idea. And it's the kind of idea that um, Yon Sang Ho obviously thrives on and, and loves to explore in his shows. Um, so, um, you know, like I say, he's been up and down with all of these live action projects he's done, but he always has a unique twist on things. And so the thing is that to save uh, the mother so that she wouldn't die, um, they uh, they went for type three, and now um, and and they were pressured into this by the the military and the government as well. So now they're making copies of her for military purposes, and later on other purposes as well. So this this gets um this gets quite sinister, and it becomes more about the daughter trying to really rescue her mother's um, kind of legacy and um, keep her as an individual something that is precious and private and um, uh, and pure so yeah I think that there's a lot of really clever ideas going on here and a lot of prose from the action which is amazing to the set design which I think is pretty good for the um, the, the battle scenes um, it's quite short it's 98 minutes uh, which I think is good I, I think Yon Sang Ho, he can edit, you know, his his uh, films are quite uh, quite brisk, which is good, because um, Netflix isn't going to edit it for him, so I, I attribute this to him. Um, and it, it's gesturing at these these powerful themes. 
but it does have this quite flabby, talky middle section um, where the film seems to be spinning its wheels a little bit, um, which is obviously a, a problem with a 98-minute film. Um, and they seem to be having a lot of quite similar conversations about where they're going with the project to um, rescue the uh, rescue the brain data or get the simulation running properly. Um, there's a bit of sort of corporate jostling between different factions um, in this organization who who own the the brain scan. Um, so I thought, thought the pacing was not amazing. Um, it did have plot holes. Not, I won't spoil it too much, but there's a big sort of subplot later on where something changes in the simulation and a, an area of the brain that hasn't been responding before starts responding. So they're like, oh, what is this area of the brain? It's, it's making her fight better. She's more determined. You can probably figure out what the plot twist is just from me describing it as vaguely as that. It's it's nothing, you know, very original. Um, but it's this huge pivotal thing. But it made me think, have they just been running this same simulation with the same results for 30 years? Uh, haven't they tried to take these uh, androids with this brain scan of this perfect mercenary and um, experiment with different uh, different conditions, different missions, different stimulus? Because presumably that is what you would do, right, to, to test out whether this was even possible to recreate this um, this person. So I, th- I thought that was kind of a... I don't really go for plot holes in movies a lot. I'm I'm not really into all of those YouTube videos that, that drone on about everything that was a tiny plot hole. Um, but that was a bit of a clanger uh, to me. And I thought the ending was slightly confused as well. So I think this film does have quite a few problems with it. Um, it's far from perfect. It's not to the level of Train to Busan. Um, but I think it's really worth watching. I, I think that um, if you like your B-movies, sci-fi stuff, um, if you like Kim Hyun-ju, who's obviously amazing, she's um, uh, in all of these dramas, she's in lots of stuff that I want to check out, actually like Watcher, Trolley, which is um, airing currently. Um, she is fantastic in it. The final performance of Kang Soo-yeon, who I, I will want to look more into her filmography because she was wonderful in this. Um, and uh, some of the best sort of sci-fi action I've seen in a in a Korean film. Um, take a look for those reasons, but uh, don't expect it to be up there with, with your Blade Runners. With Yon Sang-ho, uh, I really don't know what he's going to do next. He always does something new and surprising. He's always got new and interesting ideas uh, when he does, so I'm always going to continue checking out um, everything that his name is attached to, uh, with the possible exception of that that drama, The Cursed, um, which I thought was very poor, uh, which he wrote. But he's had uh, probably more misses than than hits at this point. He's not putting out um, total stinkers. Um, there's a lot of problems with a movie like Peninsula. Um, this is, you know, a, a three out of five film. Uh, but whether or not he's got another train to Busan in him, I think is a, yeah, a bit of a question mark. And I would like to... You know, I would like to see him do something of that quality again that just arrives to steal a, a phrase from a podcast I love called The Back Page that arrives so fully formed like Train to Busan. I mean, that just came out and it was perfect. It was just like five stars. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody watched it. Everybody loved it. Um, and uh, I'd love to see him do something else like that. It doesn't have to be a, a zombie film or even horror or sci-fi or whatever. You know, maybe... 
um, he's going to surprise everyone and turn around and he'll do just, uh, you know, um, a slice of life, uh, a little drama. Maybe uh, he could do with taking a couple of years off from all of these quite grand um, and uh, quite operatic themes and uh, all of this sci-fi stuff because he had a lot of a lot of acclaim before looking more into uh, social issues and, and social satires with his animated stuff that I've not seen very much of so yeah um, a three out of five movie that I found really interesting and just wanted to talk about so um like I say, check it out if you like that sort of thing. There'll be more episodes of Kbotak soon. If you're listening to this around the time of release, then Happy Lunar New Year if you're celebrating. Hope you have a great time with your family, your friends, and uh, catching up. Um, and, uh, yeah, have a wonderful 2023. Let's watch lots and lots of K-dramas and Korean films and talk about them together. You can check out the podcast on at Pod on uh, Twitter, that's K-B-O-T-A-K-P-O-D and uh, love to chat to you over there, there's a very nice community that uh, follows the podcast and um, a lot of people that uh, I'm following from the account there that know lots and lots about films so uh, do come and chat and uh, thanks for listening, cheers bye